Hey, this is Chris. Hope you're doing well and welcome to Popcorn Finance, the show where we discuss finance in about the time it takes to make a bag of popcorn. So over the past couple of years, I think many of us have wanted to make some type of positive impact on this country and bring about some type of change. Because, I mean, I don't need to go through all the things we've seen over the past two years, but I, I know a lot of us are tired of it and we want to see things be different. And one of the ways that we can help make change is with the decisions that we make with our money. But I know for myself, I kind of hit, I hit a wall when I try to figure out how to best use my money and be a force for positive change. And so that's why I am honored to have author, podcast host, and just really good friend overall, Tanya Hester joining me here today on the podcast to help us navigate how we can use our money for real change. So Tanya, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. I, at long last, we're finally doing this. <laughs> <laughs> It's been way too long. I, I've known you for, I mean, at least a couple of years, at least a few years now. And I'm like, how has Tanya never been on the podcast? I'm really happy we could connect and, and have you on the show. Yeah, thank you. Just to give everyone a little bit of background, if they don't know who you are, which they should already, but just in case no one knows out there who, who you are, Tanya spent her career in political consulting and social change. And in your latest book and the accompanying podcast by the same name, Wallet Activism, you kind of give us some guidance and help navigating all of this because the full title is Wallet Activism, How to Use Every Dollar You Spend, Earn, and Save as a Force for Change. Just looking at the opening chapter, what exactly is Wallet Activism? Wallet activism is using your financial power in all its forms to push back against the status quo, particularly the ways that the status quo is unjust to people or to the planet. And it's it's really as simple as that. You know, I, I think what distinguishes it perhaps from some other conversations that people have heard is you'll often hear about so-called ethical consumerism or conscious consumerism, those are still very much existing in a consumerist frame. And they assume that the solution is to not buy one thing, but to instead buy another. When I think we need to have a much broader conversation. It's often about much more than shopping. You know, the earn and save in the title are important. There are lots of ways that we interact with the world financially that have an impact on lots of issues. But it's also that it sort of assumes by being about consumerism that the point is to consume. And often the point is not to consume. That's the solution we need. And so that was the stuff I really wanted to encompass in this, because as you said, so many of us want to do good or at least not do harm with our money and what we're doing with it. But we feel so lost and confused because, frankly, a lot of corporations are deliberately confusing us because they want us to feel powerless. So I wanted to cut through that, help you feel powerful and feel inspired to know that you really can make a difference with your individual choices. I love that because it's so confusing to navigate all of this. And uh, I think I even recently just heard the term greenwashing, where they're kind of like, these companies will provide this fake way of helping the environment by making this purchase. And you're right, I think we end up in this corner where it's, okay, if I buy this instead of that, now I'm, I'm changing the world, when in reality, you know, they just maybe slapped a new label on it and it's the same thing it was before. So in the process of writing this book, and I mean, your career of just being in this space and, and understanding it so well, what are some major areas of our finances that we should look at in order to make some type of like real actual change? Yeah, there's certainly the shopping piece. I think that's the frame that most people are accustomed to thinking about this in. And I, I wanted to give you guidance to make better decisions there because unfortunately, most of the messages we all receive are from people trying to sell you something. But the ones that I don't see us talking as much about are things like banking. You know, in personal finance, we talk a lot about responsible investing, but where you bank is incredibly important and determines the kind of causes that the money sitting in your savings account goes to fund. 
the work that you do. And that could be anything from deciding not to work in a particular industry because you think they do bad things or not working for a company that treats people poorly. Or if you don't have that kind of choice, which is true for a lot of people, that you think about how you conduct yourself within the workplace. Because some of the best change that's ever happened in the corporate space has come from employees pushing for it from within, not necessarily from customers or lawmakers pushing for some kind of action. There are a lot of different categories in the book that give everybody some things they can do sort of no matter your circumstances or your income level. I think sometimes it feels like there's not a lot we can do, but just hearing you break down these few areas, it just sounds like there's so many places that maybe we don't consider as arenas where we can make change that actually have an impact. And when you were, when you were going through the list, one thing that stood out to me was uh, you said like in your workplace. And I think sometimes we shortchange ourselves on how much of an impact we actually have in the office. I know I do, I do that all the time where I'm like, oh, you know, I'm just I'm just here. I'm just here collecting a paycheck. Uh, they don't really care. But in reality, you you have some type of voice. How have you seen that play out? Like what type of changes do you see as like possible as like an employee? I mean, from because you, you could be anywhere. You could be at the lowest level. You could be at the highest level of a company. How do you see people making an impact there? Yeah, there's an example that I love that happened just in the last year that I, I think is a good illustration of this. So the big publisher Hachette Books, uh, who published my first book, they were set last year to publish Woody Allen's memoir. And I think most folks know um, Woody Allen has been very credibly accused by his stepdaughter of sexually molesting her when she was a little kid. And I think a lot of people who worked at Hachette had a big problem with them publishing his book and validating this potential sex predator. And so customers were yelling at Hachette saying this is bad. And you had lots of folks going on the talk news and saying, oh, it's bad. They shouldn't publish this. And nothing changed. They were still moving ahead. But a group of low-level employees at Hachette got together and staged a walkout, walked out of the office, posted on social about it, got media attention for it. And that was what pushed Hachette to pull the book. And so they didn't ultimately publish it. And that was like assistants and folks in the mailroom and folks who don't necessarily feel that they have a lot of power in the workplace. Or you think about like Facebook has had a, a virtual walkout over some of of their many, many bad deeds. <laughs> there was the Netflix walkout recently about support for trans employees and trans customers um, because of the Dave Chappelle stuff. So there are a lot of opportunities to speak up at work. And especially you hear all of those are in a group. So you yourself don't have to like stick your neck out and risk your job necessarily. But I, I think it's important to remember that work is a financial transaction. You are trading your time for money. And anytime there's a financial transaction going on, you have power one way or another. I think that's key, what you mentioned about you being in a group, because I think sometimes we can just look at ourselves as one person. We only have so much money. We only have so much time. We only have so much of a voice in our workplace. How much of an impact can we actually make? But I think through many of the examples in your book, you show that it's the collective action of many of us together that have the, the real impact. Absolutely. And something that I think we forget, because so much of the change that we need does have to come at the policy level. You know, nothing in wallet activism is meant to supplant voting, pushing your lawmakers to make the right changes, pushing them to hold corporations accountable. A lot of that stuff needs to be policy action. 
But when we're talking about anything political or policy-based, you have to get at least 50% of support. That's what it takes to win an election. That's what it takes to get a bill passed. But in the corporate space, the bar is actually lower. And I think we need to remember that. You know, if a corporation, if Walmart loses 5% of its customers, do you think they won't notice? (laughs) Of course they will. Same for any big banks that are funding fossil fuel projects with the money you have in savings. Same goes for cruise companies that are providing like the most exploitative and polluting form of travel on the planet. There are all these different ways where like if if we remove some of their market share, some of their profit or some of their customers, it can be a very small number of people doing this stuff who can really get them to shift because their boards of directors or their shareholders are going to want to know why are profits down? What can we do to reverse this? And that often spurs companies to clean up their act. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for for coming on and joining me and talking to us a little bit about some of the ways we can make an impact, whether it's in the workplace, whether it's just in the decisions that we make. And there's so much more to talk about. So we're going to have you back on. We're going to talk about donating and some of the obstacles and maybe questions or just bad information we have about what happens when we donate our money or maybe why we don't choose to donate and a bonus episode coming up later this month. Before we get out of here, though, Tanya, where can people go grab a copy of Wallet Activism to read, to listen to, to enjoy and mark up and take tons of notes? Where, where should they go? You can find it in all the book places, of course, as both a paperback, ebook, audiobook. I definitely recommend if folks can to buy from your local indie bookstore. You can find them on IndieBound. And most of the time, you can also order ebooks through your indies. Or you could go to Libro.fm to get the audiobook through your local bookstore. Of course, you can go through the big guys, too. And I know a lot of folks already do that. But it's a nice thing to try to support the local indie stores that I know we'd all like to see thriving. I'll put all the links in the show notes. That way you can find your way to find a a local copy in your area. So thank you again so much, Tanya. I appreciate you coming on and joining me and looking forward to have you back on in, uh, in a little while. Thank you. I appreciate you so much, Chris. And thanks again to all of you for joining me here for another episode. If you want to keep up with what I'm doing, come over and check out Popcorn Finance on Instagram. Just look for Popcorn Finance Podcast and you'll find me there. You'll also find an image that I posted about a huge honor that Popcorn Finance received. Uh, A couple of weeks ago, I went to Washington, D.C., where Popcorn Finance received the Consumer Excellence Award in Media from Consumer Action, which is a really great nonprofit out in Washington, D.C., that has been fighting for for 50 years now for consumer rights when it comes to the finance space because there's a lot of a lot of uh, exploitive and bad practices that exist in the finance space and nonprofits like Consumer Action are there to help fight these battles to make sure that we all have a fair shot to succeed in this world as we all navigate these many many financial decisions we all have to make. So I just want to say a big thank you to Consumer Action for this honor for recognizing the work that we do here and that I do here at Popcorn Finance. So thank you so much, really appreciate it. And just as much as I appreciate Consumer Action for the honor and this award, I also appreciate and thank all of you because without you all making up the Popcorn Finance Podcast family this wouldn't really be a thing. So thank you all so much. And speaking of the popcorn finance family, I want to give a shout out to this week's Colonel. It's going out to, I believe it's pronounced Mayi. It's M-A-Y-I. Please let me know if I'm pronouncing this incorrectly. Uh, I just want to say thank you so much for supporting not only popcorn finance, but also listening to my other podcast. This is awkward, which I host with uh, my good friend, Allison. Uh, Mayi left me a really kind message saying that they listened to both of those shows. So thank you so much. I appreciate you. And as always, I appreciate all of you coming back and joining me here for yet another bag of popcorn. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week and I'll talk to you soon.
Your boy keep it poppin' like Mary Poppins.